with a closer look at the news and events affecting Prince George. Welcome to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. It is After 9, our Richard in the host chair as usual on a Tuesday. No Steve today, but my first guest is on the line, Jennifer Pagan with the Amanika Arts Center. Good morning, Jennifer. Good morning. <laughs> not a problem, not a problem. So now, I, I think some people are probably going to the Amanika Arts Center. They may be a, kind of heard of it, but, but what is it and where is it? Um, so the Amanika Arts Center is an artist-run, uh, volunteer-run um, art center that has, uh, we, we go with a safe space for creativity to flourish. We have a gallery there. And we have special events and space bookings and workshops and all kinds of things. Wow. And, now, and now where is it located? Uh, at 369 Victoria Street. So that's just um, between 3rd and 4th, kind of right near the exit room. Okay. Now, how long has the, um, the, uh, the centre been in operation? Uh, we started the Almanica Artist Run Centre Society in 2016 on 3rd Ave across from the fire pit, but have recently moved in the past three years, right before the pandemic, <laughs> hit uh, to our new location on Victoria Street. So now, during the pandemic, how much did that affect you guys? Like, obviously, you wouldn't be able to have any showings or anything like that, but were people still able to use the facilities at the uh, centre? Uh, some people did use the facilities, not very often, though, because mm-hmm. we couldn't have gatherings at all. So um, what we did do was we continued our artist-in-residence program and had virtual workshops and things like that. We did a fundraiser that was also virtual. So we used technology as best we could mm-hmm. to get through it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now, was that something that you already sort of had in place? Like, did you have the capability to do the virtual workshops and stuff like that before and just all of a sudden had to do it? Yeah, I mean, we probably could have before, but we hadn't needed to, so yeah. it wasn't a regular occurrence. And now that uh, that has happened, you know, it, we're welcome to do that online for people for accessibility. Um, but most things, I think, now are in person because it's really where it's at is the community connections. Yeah, and again, artists like to get together and talk face-to-face, don't they? Yeah, yeah, it's nice to see work in person versus looking at it on this computer screen and engaging with the pieces and spending the time with it and with um, with other people having conversations around the work. Yeah, now you were mentioning the Artist-in-Residence program. Now, how, how does that work? Uh, so we have an Artist-in-Residence program where we're gratefully funded by uh, the BC Arts Council. So we finally got some good funding that will last us a year. And so an artist can apply through our website. There are some forms there with a um, put-together portfolio. And so what the artist would do with that time is for the month, they have access to the studio space so they can come in and work in that space. They install an art exhibition, which we support with our curatorial team. And then they host a workshop with uh, the goal of it being free to the community, so for accessibility. Um, Yeah, so there's about... 20 hours of open hour time there, and yeah, we get to help promote and celebrate with a artist's reception as well. Now, what kind of artists are you looking for? Like, is it all visual at this point? Uh, we are open to any kind of artist. So we do have three applications in right now. We're still looking for more, of course, so you won't mm-hmm. fill a year. But, um, you know, we, we welcome theater work, uh, poetry. So we had... Um, 
Uh, we had some poets in in the past. Um, anything that's arts related could be part of it. We just get to be a little more creative with how that mm-hmm. um, presents in a visual context. Yeah, because so could the could a poet be an artist in residence? Yeah, yeah. We had Jillian Wigmore in right. last year okay. or earlier this year, actually. So yeah. Okay, okay. That answers that question. Now, have you had any sculptures in? Oh, we have. We've had um, quite a few, like Crystal Ben recently mm-hmm. did a lot of beadwork and um, had, like, uh, moccasins and things like that. We've had ceramicists in. Um, I think we also had, uh, oh, I forget her name, but she was doing some really creative pieces that actually, you know, were was called cling and it stuck to the wall. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so... I'm guessing then if you get an artist in residence every month and one artist finishes at the end of the month and the next artist is figuring they can start on the first of the month, it must mean a very quick uh, cleanup work. It is. It's a tight turnaround sometimes. Sometimes it's a little easier. Our artist in residence for this month was a community group, um, Plural BC, I think, and they had a photo voice exhibition. They just took it down yesterday. Uh, so we do have a little more turnover so we can spend a little more time fixing the walls and stuff like that. But yes. uh, we have a good volunteer team that, um, and a board of volunteer board members that really put in the work to make these things happen late nights sometimes. <laughs> yes, I can imagine. Uh, as you know, of course, we're also volunteer run here. So yep. <laughs> can de- we can definitely relate here. Now, how did you get involved? Uh, well, it started with the Neighborhood Time Exchange in 2015, and from there, we ended up getting together with a bunch of artists. Rowan Whittacase was well, kind of guiding mm-hmm. us at that point, mm-hmm. and we just kind of assessed what our community needed, and we came up with the idea of having an artist-run center, which was something that had, we didn't have downtown at the time. Wow. And so you've been in basically since day one. Yeah, me and Rob Buddy have been uh, there from the beginning, and we've had quite a few really amazing board members help guide us in different ways. Everyone has different strengths, and so we learn from everyone that comes through our board and have some that have stuck around for quite a few years, and we're grateful for their, their time and their work that they put into it. What is, is Do you have sort of an audience that you're looking to for your artists in residence? Like, are you looking for people almost specifically, say, from Prince George, or can they be from the surrounding area as well? We like to say we service um, the region of northern B.C. Mm, Uh, That's really highly underrepresented, right? When Mm -hmm. we look at the granting streams and you see who gets the grants, they're always, you know, lower mainland on the island. Um, So we want to kind of create an avenue and a venue for people up in northern B.C. to be able to showcase their work and grow and do those workshops and learn and kind of inspire our future generations to follow their passions. So do you, if you're having workshops or, say, a concert or something, do you sometimes have to work around the artist in residence? Yes, so that's very tricky. It depends on the exhibition. So mm-hmm. a lot of times the work is just on the wall, so we just have the space to use. Um, which is great because that means people come in for special events and they get to see the work if they book it for a party or for, mm-hmm. like, we had a grad party dinner oh. the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes the work's more uh, sculptural, so the work that was just in this past month had to be strung up out of the way because mm-hmm. it was 
long panels hanging from the ceiling to the floor, filling the space. And then when people are in the space, we needed that, so they had to put it up. So we do work around some of those things, like the sculptural aspects for crystal bends. Mm-hmm. Where we just move them to the walls, but usually they're in the middle. Um, but we like to make sure that people have access to view the work as much as possible while they're in there. So I'm guessing that also means that you try to book any special event far enough in advance that the artist in residence knows that some of their stuff may have to be moved at some point. Yeah, yeah, we do have those discussions. We know um, generally what kind of events are coming in and what needs to be done, and it's in our artist contract, um, you know, that they're aware that those those space considerations, we have discussions, and sometimes our volunteers are able to move the pieces, mm-hmm. or sometimes the artist needs to come in and do that themselves if they're more particular. Yeah, and a lot of artists are, aren't they? Yeah, so-so. <laughs> <laughs> it's really neat because our space... Um, Give space for for artists to be more creative in a way that doesn't fit the you know standard gallery practices. So we've had some really interesting installations and uh, community based projects come through. <clears throat> so just I, I know I I think I've been in there a couple of times, but I can't remember when the last time was because <clears throat> of this thing called COVID. Um, what does the gallery look like? Like, what's the floor plan like? Is it basically a square room or? Yeah, it's a kind of a rectangle, um, and it has a stage. We've got a 16-by-16-foot stage for the performative work, right. so sometimes there's theater work, there's uh, poetry readings, there's co- obviously concerts happening, there's one happening tonight. Wow. Um, we have a, a concession or bar at the back of the space that mm-hmm. we can get special event permits to do all-ages shows, so not very many venues have that option once you're a licensed venue um you have to be 19 plus so we can do some of those special interest shows that allow you know a variety of age groups to join Mm -hmm. um yeah it's right beside uh a cafe there um and you know it's really accessible to you know ongoing traffic and in the evenings there's lots of parking and stuff uh, because we don't have those you know time restrictions in the evening good quick question before i forget who's playing tonight Tonight we have B.A. Johnson and the Crones, the local Crones. So B.A. Johnson's an East Coast Canadian songwriter, kind of, I would say, uh, comedic punk, critical punk, um, (laughs) indie folk rock show. Lots of fun. It'll be lots of fun, lots of dancing, finally. (laughs) And there is room to dance. Yes, there is, yeah. So it must be a fairly good-sized space, then, if you've got a 16 by 16 stage and you've still got room for an audience... And you may even still have room for, like, the artist in residence to work around the stage. It must be a fairly good-sized building. It's not super huge, but it's very manageable. It's comfortable. It's not too big. Some spaces can seem too big. Some are too small. And I think it fits sort of this niche of, you know, community art center where it's cozy. Um, And we can do things like we even have an art market on Saturday that uh, we have a number of local artists showing their work. So there'll be ceramics and all kinds of... uh, clothing and different materials that you can check out so we can fit i think we had a market with about 16 tables in there at one time wow it's pretty tight though (laughs) yes i can think so Uh, what time does that run uh the saturday market i think it goes from nine until three it might be a little later but i'm gonna stick with that we have all the information on our social media as well facebook twitter instagram website Mm -hmm. so now how far 
you were saying right now you've got three applications for the artisan residence, so obviously you can take more. How far in advance, though, would you sort of like to be working? Would, like, would you like to have, say, the next six months of artisan residence set to go? That would be ideal. Our curatorial committee would appreciate, you know, <laughs> having not to have meet every month to approve new residencies. Yeah. But, um, yeah, six months, I mean... If we've booked over a year in advance in the past with some of the artists that come in from out of the country or out of town, we do try and keep a balance or a real strong focus on local artists, but we also know local artists can grow by um, viewing and experiencing art from, you know, other places. So So now the artists who come in from out of the country, are they, are we talking an artist in residence here or somebody who just comes in for a show? Uh, it'll be an artist in residency um, coming up here in the future. We have uh, Hiru, who is, um, well, I'm forgetting where he's coming from, but that's going to be uh, in December. So that's our kind of one that we booked a year and a bit in advance. Wow. Yep. So, you got, so as soon as COVID ended, you guys must have really jumped on things again. Uh, we've been pushing as hard as we can, even through COVID. It mm-hmm. was a little difficult. We, like, for example, we had uh, our salsa uh, fitness nights, which were actually salsa dancing, mm-hmm. learning how to dance. We, you know, sectioned off the space so people had safe, you know, distances for yeah. the COVID spacing. But we've been as creative as we can to mm-hmm. keep things going, you know, doing virtual concerts, knowing that our artists need um, that engagement. And, you know, they luckily it's been amazing seeing what's been developed over that period of time where people weren't performing they were just recording and developing new work, so now we get to celebrate all that hard work that they've done. So knowing that you guys have the capability now to do, like, Zoom workshops and stuff like that, is that something you may do in the future and even do as a hybrid? Like, if you've got people from outside Prince George who say, I would love to come to that workshop, but I can't get into town? Yeah, we've been doing that uh, kind of following the needs of the community, mm-hmm. Um so, yeah, definitely during COVID, we did the hybrid or after COVID as well, because yes. we know some people are more immune compromised than others. And it really is amazing for accessibility as well, knowing uh, that some people just like physically have other disabilities that can't physically be places, but this brings it into their homes. Yeah. Now that brings up the point then, is the art center itself accessible? We do have a stopgap um, for the front entryway, right. and then people can come in from the back. We don't have a fully functional um, wheelchair-accessible washroom yet. That's mm. our hopes for the future. We're applying for grants and things like that, um, hopefully, to do some renovations um, for the washroom. Okay. Now, if people want more information about Almanica Art Center, whether they're an artist who wants the information on how to apply for an artist in residency or there's somebody who wants to volunteer with you how do they go about doing it uh the best place is to check out our website it shows uh different places and different ways to book the space so um if you're wanting to have an event there's an event form to fill out it helps us know what your needs are uh volunteer forms there in the process and then the letter you need as a volunteer you need a signed letter all that mm. stuff can be downloaded on our website so that's www.omicaartscentre.com. So, omnicaartcenter.com. Dot com, and of course, the Canadian spelling of center, just in case people were worried. Yeah. I do still occasionally see, for one reason or another, 
uh, center ER, but uh, no. <laughs> so that's good. So now, do you have specific hours that the center is open? Yeah, you bet. Uh, we are grateful to have two volunteers that have stepped up and then a small body of other volunteers that fill in when they're away. So on Wednesdays from 10 till 1, Michelle Biden is in. Mm-hmm. And on Fridays from 11 till 4, we have Rick Mintz. And we're open to other volunteers coming in and having other open hours. Whenever we have an artist in residence, they have their studio hours, which vary from month to month. So we don't advertise those until the month of the event. Right. Okay. So there's there's plenty of chances to get down and see what it's all about. And with the volunteers there, that also means if somebody's interested in volunteering, but they also want to get a look at the place, they can come down to the Omnic Arts Centre and talk to the volunteer who's there about the centre. Yeah, you bet. And we are also open to making a phone call and doing appointments because I know that people's schedules can be pretty tight. Mm-hmm. So viewing a show by appointment or viewing the space by appointment, you can always give us a shout. Okay, and that phone number is on the website as well, I'm guessing? You bet. Okay, Jennifer Pagan with the Omnica Arts Centre. Thank you very much for bringing us up to date on what's happening over there. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Mm-hmm. Happy Indigenous Peoples Day. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> bye. Okay, bye. Love your enemies. Kill the kafir who brought his false god to the eagle's nest. Bless them that curse you. Kill him. Do good to them that hate you. Discover a world where knowing Jesus is a matter of life and death. Lamplighter Theatre presents Escape from the Eagle's Nest. Sundays at 7 a.m. and p.m. here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. I'm Wilfred Leboutier and I'm happy to invite you on June 24 to the fourth edition of Tout pour la Musique, a francophone concert organized by the Dialogue Foundation. Je suis heureux de vous inviter à célébrer la Saint-Jean avec nous live on UniTV channel, regardless of your origins and your language. Let's celebrate francophone culture together across Canada. Ne manquez pas Tout pour la Musique, the show will be broadcast on UniTV channel in the late evening of June 24. Visit tupolamusic.ca for the broadcast schedule and lineup. In Prince George, DDR2 Computer Solutions is your first stop for sales, service, and repairs. Located just off Queensway at 857 2nd Avenue, next to MetaChair, DDR2 can keep your business or home system running at peak performance. Their in-shop and on-site rates are competitive, so you receive quality service at an affordable price. Plus, there's a special rate for seniors. They also carry top-of-the-line laptops, motherboards, and graphics cards for high-end gaming. When you think of computers, think of DDR2. Call 236-423-2216. That's 236. 236- 423-2216. Forecast from Environment Canada. Cloudy today, a 30% chance of showers this morning. A few showers this afternoon with wind from the southwest at 20k and a high of 15. Cloudy tonight with a 60% chance of showers this evening, then partly cloudy. Southwest winds becoming light, a low of 7. For Wednesday, a mix of sun and cloud. A 40% chance of showers in the afternoon with the risk of a thunderstorm. Wind becoming west at 20, gusting to 40 late in the morning. A high of 15 with a high UV index. You're listening to After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. And speaking now, as we do once a month with somebody from Books and Company, and this time around, by golly, we're back to having Kaylee Vandermeer on. Good morning, Kaylee. Good morning, Alan. How you doing? Not too bad. And yourself? I'm doing well, thanks. So... It is National Indigenous Peoples Day. Yes, it is. And I know from being in the store, you guys have a fair number of books dealing with Indigenous people. Yep, 
Absolutely. We try to keep it as stocked as we can. Now, have you got that up as a special display for today or anything like that? Yeah, well, we've got um, a display up of the Every Child Matters t-shirts. We just got a fresh shipment of them with a new design for this year, Mm -hmm. uh, as well as a little display uh, for, uh, I believe it's uh, Indigenous Cultures Month as well. Right. Um, so we've got those up, and then today, uh, any book from our Indigenous or Children's Indigenous section is 10% off. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, now one other thing, I was in there, I think it was just yesterday, mm-hmm. and you showed me something that you guys have got set up for when you actually start getting authors back in for book signings. Yeah, yeah, we're in, we're still in the works with figuring yeah. out uh, when we're going to run those, but I'm hoping to do uh, one or two in August, mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to be having a little book nook in the store here for authors to sit in and, and chat with folks that won't be uh, won't be out too much in the open and having people swirling around them. They can kind of have their own kind of control over uh, how many people they have around them at once, which yeah. is the main concern with uh, with like post COVID stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so we're looking forward to it. So I know that was something I had noticed when I was in there in the past, and there were book signings going on, was sometimes I would be there when the author got there, and they and you or one of the other staff members would then spend the next five minutes trying to figure out, okay, where are we going to put the table? Where are we going to put the table that's got the books on it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the cafe, it's always a good question because there's always so much activity yeah. and traffic going through, so we always tried to pick the most ideal picture of table for them but um with the the whole covid thing now it's all about you know making sure that they're going to be comfortable in yeah. that miasma of people mm-hmm. and customers and conversations so yeah well of course with the cafe being closed down at this point still um the traffic flow is a little bit better in the store isn't it it depends on the time of the day but yes oh, yeah there are definitely we have busy busy moments throughout the day uh but as a as a standard, it's a little bit less chaotic mm-hmm. that way. We'll see. Christmas time has been just as chaotic uh, the oh last few years. So, so what you're saying is, let's give it six months and see what it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> now we've talked, I think, in the past a little bit about books for taking on holidays and stuff like that. But one thing people like to take on holidays as well sometimes that I know you've got a fair number of. Is jigsaw puzzles? Yeah, yeah. So we've got a decent amount of um, uh, puzzles in store, mm-hmm. and uh, we are running a um, a few events this summer. Right. The first of which, actually, before we even hit the puzzles, is going to be our um, our book liquidation sale. Whoa. I mentioned it to you yesterday, just a yes. little bit. Yes, but you just sort uh, of we recently took on a, a whole bit. bunch. Sorry, yeah. you just sort of teased it a little. I teased bit. it a little bit. Yes. So we just took on. Um, we've got about a thousand books that we're going to be liquidating and uh, bringing down to like pretty awesome prices. Yeah, and uh, it's going to be similar to the Friends of the Library sale. We're going to have boxes and boxes of books for people to come and flip through, and all of these books are local interest, BC history, outdoor adventure, travel, pioneering, Canadiana, all this kind of stuff. Um, so we'll have those, and they will be out. I think we're going to hoping to have them out for July second. Okay. Uh, and they'll be out there until we sell them all. Okay. So now, have you figured out yet where you're going to put all these books? Because we just got through talking about traffic flow, Indeed. and now you're saying we're going to put out a whole bunch of boxes of books that people can sort through. 
Exactly, yes. So we've got our bargain sale this Friday. What? Three for two bargain. Believe it or not, we do have another one coming up. So hopefully we'll make a little bit of room with our bargain sale. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we're going to be putting these books out on some of the puzzle tables. And then to help us out with that, uh, we're going to be having a puzzle sale. And that puzzle sale is going to be, when is it going to be here? Uh, I believe July 18th to 23rd. Wow. Yeah, so all the puzzles are going to be three for the price of two from the 18th to 23rd as well. So now how did you come up with the idea of doing something where it's three for the price of two Hmm, for puzzles? Hmm, I wonder. It's, you know, we've seen it work once or twice. Yeah. So we thought we'd try to roll it out. You know that people are suckers for bargains. I mean, yeah, and that's that's a way better deal than a lot of, like, we used to run our awesome 25% off sale, mm-hmm. uh, and this one is a little bit more like a 33% off sale if you think about it. Yeah. So it's a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a spicier sale, which is why we you know we stick it to puzzles mm-hmm. uh, or our bargain books. But yeah, so the 18th to the 23rd will be a puzzle sale. We'll have a whole bunch of uh, really interesting BC history uh, books starting in July yeah. on a steady sale until they're gone. Okay. Yeah. So now with the puzzles. Do you find they tend to run in cycles of terms of when people buying are buying puzzles? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Christmas time and like the yeah. the months leading up to that are always uh, the biggest sale days. Mm-hmm. We've seen it drop off a little bit, but we still regularly get folks that will come in um, and either be surprised by the amount of puzzles <laughs> that we have, uh, and uh, and they will come here and shop every couple weeks because they just need a new one. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes, my family can relate to that. Mm-hmm. Um, what what kind of puzzles do you have? Like, I know you've got all the different um, themes, if you will, for the puzzles, but do you have, like, children's puzzles? Do you have puzzles that are, like, 52,000 pieces? <laughs> do not have a 52,000-piece puzzle. We've oh. got a couple 2,000-piece puzzles. Okay. Well, that's still pretty good. That's still pretty good, yeah. We've got lots and lots of kids' puzzles, kids all the way from, like, 3 up to, I don't know, 108. Okay. We can handle. And um, we have some of my favorite ones. Uh, we've got some of the easy, uh, I think they're called like easy piece puzzles or something. Mm. But they are meant for folks um, with, um, you know, who are struggling with mm. eyesight or maybe dexterity. Right. So they are a 275 piece puzzle, uh, but they're not uh, a children's puzzle, which is a lot of things that you bump into. And it's yeah. a lesser. Uh, number of pieces, then you see more juvenile designs. Yeah. So we've got a lot of uh, really lovely puzzles that are uh, created for adults, meant for adults, uh, and just have a, a lesser piece count. Mm-hmm. And um, we have a lot of, uh, the majority of what we have are 500 and 1,000 piece cu- yeah. puzzles. And then, of course, all the children's puzzles kind of range from 48 to like 100 or 200. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, Kaylee Vandermeer at Books and Company. I think you guys are just about ready to open, so I will let you get to it and let you start setting everything else up as well. Sounds good. Thanks so much, Alan. Okay, thank you. Uh, Take another break and be back to talk about Volunteer Prince George after 9. 
Financial reports are much more than compliance. They are critical for making strategic decisions about your nonprofit organization and its programs. Vantage Point's three-hour virtual sessions, Strategic Financial Governance, explores frameworks, tools, and indicators to assess performance, consider alternatives, and make good governance decisions. Registration costs and full details are available through the calendar link under training at vantagepoint.ca. Vantage Point Strategic Financial Governance, Thursday, July 7th from 9.30 to noon through the vantagepoint.ca. Creative BC has launched three programs funding Indigenous and underrepresented artists and organizations. The demo recording, music video, and industry catalyst programs. Previously for artists and industry living and working in Vancouver, these programs have been extended across the entire province of BC. Apply by June 23rd. For more information, be sure to check out creativebc.com. Your membership to the Prince George Chamber of Commerce has benefits. Save on products like insurance, hotels, corporate gym memberships, fuel, payroll, and online marketing. If you're interested in offering a member-to-member benefit or curious about how the Chamber can help you market your business, contact your Prince George Chamber of Commerce today. More details as well as links to local, BC, and Canadian Chamber deals are available through the Member Benefits link under Members at pgchamber.bc.ca. Experience a moment in nature, an immersive visual art display of acrylic landscape paintings showcasing the great outdoors and canoe treks. Enjoy the views and the ambiance as Studio 2880 brings the outdoors in and have a relaxed time at this unique art show. A Moment in Nature by Wendy Bartoluk opens Thursday at 5 with an artist's talk at 5.30. Don't miss Wendy Bartoluk's A Moment in Nature starting Thursday through July 30th at Studio 2880. Keeping you up to date on current news and events in and around Prince George. This is After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Now the Wish Art back in the host chair and joined now by Maria Rossi with Volunteer Prince George. Good morning, Maria. Good morning. Now I'm thinking Volunteer PG for the last, well, let's just say COVID time, probably didn't see very much in the way of action because a lot of the groups that you deal with shut down to a large extent. That's exactly right. Yeah. So, but did you keep going? Like, was Volunteer PG still open for those who did need volunteers? We were still open. We It was very minimal. Mm-hmm. Um, we um, were still um, there, always there, yep. always there to support our volunteers and organizations, but it just looked differently because like you said, most of those organizations, um, it just came to a halt uh, on volunteerism. There were still a few organizations in town that were um, doing things a little bit differently, like over the phone type Mm -hmm. of volunteer service, but um, in outreach and in person pretty much came to a halt but we were still there for people but um we really slowed down as well i can imagine yeah so now if i remember correctly because i think i've talked to you before yes and i think you have you've almost got like two lists don't you one of people and one of groups that's right <laughs> so how does that work like do you get people phone in and say i would like to volunteer but i'm not too sure who with Yes, and I'm starting to get more and more calls, emails as well. Good. It's very slow. There's still some, some hesitancy, so um, I would like to, you know, encourage people to 
to, you know, start thinking about volunteering again. Um, but definitely, yes, people will phone in and say, you know, I'm interested in volunteering. I don't quite know where what to do. So we just have a chat and see where their interests lie. And I go over the lists and do some matching Mm -hmm. and um, try and stay in contact with people, you know, to do a follow up and, Mm -hmm. and uh, see how things are going to just continue that support. So now when people call in like that, are some of them somewhat surprised to find out that there are most of the groups are back up and running because I think a lot of people figure well they're still probably not doing anything yeah some people are surprised for sure some are understanding that groups are slowly coming around again Um, but yes definitely there is still an element of oh really I didn't know that there were so many places up and running again so they're happily surprised yeah so now I'm uh, I'm guessing your phone was also has also maybe not been ringing off the hook but been fairly busy with the organizations who are back up and running and need the volunteers again yes I'm very happy to say that um, the connection with organizations and our members are um, starting to really come about and um, connections are being made and um, that support is starting to happen again I have I have a lot of organizations now that have made a call out for volunteers and um, yeah I just wanted to get out to the public that um, please call me and um, I can go over those um, right. over that list of organizations that are, are that are um, calling out for volunteers now if an organization is looking for volunteers, what kind of information do you need? Like, do you need very specific in terms of what types of volunteers they need, whether they need any special qualifications or anything? It certainly does help. Mm-hmm. You know, that way I can continue to support the organization and help them out by relaying to people what exactly that organization is looking for. Mm-hmm. So the more detailed information I can get from our members and organizations is definitely helpful. And so now we're talking about organizations. A lot of people are probably thinking, okay, that means the groups that operate year-round. Do you work also with volunteers for special events? Yes, certainly. Yeah, definitely. Um, Special events like um, uh, any kind of, like we, like, the seniors fair is yeah. is a is an example right you know so we support the prince george council of seniors um that comes to mind um we're definitely going to look further into that to mm-hmm. provide special events and get involved with special events that hasn't been happening as much but it's coming definitely because the, the thing that brought that up was um today of course is indigenous indigenous Peoples Day? Yes, I that's think right. I'm missing a in- word in there somewhere, but I can't remember what it is. Yeah, yeah, Indigenous Peoples Awareness Day. Day. Awareness Day. Yes. Okay. Now, is that sort of event where if they came to you <clears throat> because they didn't have enough volunteers, you would be you would be able to help? Yes, definitely. Like that is one example. Another example is the BC Summer Games, mm. and um, we're really hoping to help recruit. Um, for them, that is uh, a big one on our list right yeah. now. And, um, uh, yeah, definitely if uh, Indigenous People Awareness Day, if um, when these organizations um, 
reach out to us, then we certainly will make a focus on that organization mm-hmm. and that event. Now, are there times where you hear about an event that's going on and you actually take the first step? Yes. Like you reach out to them and say, hey, if you need people. Yes. Yes, definitely. Um, again, the Summer Games mm. is is one example. Yeah. And um, reaching out to them, and, and they have reached out to us as well. Like there's different or um, parts to the yeah. Summer Games that different departments have reached out mm-hmm. to us, and I have reached out to them as well. And I think that's an important one because they're still short on volunteers. Yeah. So I'm guessing... On your computer, the BC Summer Games probably takes up, what, about a page and a half in terms of the names of the organization? (laughs) Yes, I am definitely, and I'm working with them right now on how to get more information out into the community. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I guess that's one of the biggest things, isn't it? Is again, as we were talking about, people needing to know that these organizations are getting back up and running and Mm -hmm. need volunteers but also letting people know that Volunteer Prince George is up and running again at basically full speed. Yes, and um, that's why I wanted to get the information out into the community to say we are full speed. Mm -hmm. I wanted to invite the community on July 1st, Canada Day, that I am going to be there. I'm going to have a booth with all um, the volunteer, uh, as much as volunteer (laughs) opportunities that I can fit on my table. (laughs) (laughs) And the other thing is... Is, um, I just want to invite people to come down and talk to me. Okay. Come and meet me and come and check out the volunteer opportunities. And I'm also going to have a gift basket there for a draw. Ooh. And that's generously donated by Van Horlicks. And um, so I'm going to have that there. So come and talk to me. Exactly. Put your name in for yes. the draw. And yeah. We're going to take a quick break. Be back to talk with some more of Maria Rossi from Volunteer PG after nine. The Alzheimer's Society of BC is continuing their education programs with in-person presentations. It's never too soon or too late to make changes and to learn strategies to maintain and improve your brain health. Take in Introduction to Brain Health Wednesday from 1 to 2.30 at the Nechaco branch of the Prince George Public Library. To register or for more information, call the First Link Dementia Helpline at 1-800-936-6033. The Alzheimer's Society of BC, bringing you support and information for dementia at alzbc.org. Vantage Point's Youth Network is presenting a free two-hour workshop for anyone 18 to 35 building their career in the not-for-profit sector. Growing your management skills is at 2.30 Thursday. Learn about essential skills for managers, assess your current skill level, and create a professional development plan to grow those skills. Registration and full details are available through the calendar page under training at thevantagepoint.ca. Growing your management skills, 2.30 to 5, Thursday via Zoom. Supply chain issues and labor shortages have delayed the grand reopening of the Exploration Place Museum and Science Center. The Exploration Place has been closed for the past 26 months due to COVID-19. The subsequent renovation was to be completed with a grand reopening on June 18th. Now, the yet-to-be-determined date will be this fall. Meanwhile, the Little Prince steam engine will kick off another season on June 18th for another season of rides at Claytley to Name Memorial Park near the Exploration Place. 
Forecast from Environment Canada. Cloudy today, a 30% chance of showers this morning. A few showers this afternoon with wind from the southwest at 20k and a high of 15. Cloudy tonight with a 60% chance of showers this evening, then partly cloudy. Southwest winds becoming light, a low of 7. For Wednesday, a mix of sun and cloud. A 40% chance of showers in the afternoon with the risk of a thunderstorm. Wind becoming west at 20, gusting to 40 late in the morning. A high of 15 with a high UV index. It's after 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. So, Maria, during the break, you were saying there's one organization that needs volunteers that we haven't talked about yet. (laughs) That's right. My organization, Volunteer (laughs) Prince George, I need volunteers too. So is this a case where you had volunteers before COVID and obviously Either they didn't want to continue volunteering or you just didn't need them. And so they just haven't come back. Well, I am actually new to Volunteer Prince George. So I'm the new program manager. I've been there approximately three months now, four months. Four months, I believe. Yeah, so I'm brand new. But decent (laughs) timing. You came in just just as COVID was ending, at least. Exactly. Yeah. So we're building ourselves up again. And um, in order to better serve the community, I feel that we need to make Volunteer Prince George as strong as it can be. And in order to do that, it would be very helpful for us if I could have a pool Hmm. of volunteers as well to make that drive into the community to support the organizations. Like, it, it would be nice. It's obviously a little bit late in the day for it. It would be nice if it was you and, say, two other people, a candidate. Yes, so that's exactly right. If anybody is interested in helping me run the booth on Canada Day, I really would welcome that. It's nice to have somebody to be there with me, mm-hmm. um, talk to the public, learn more about and, and express and um, present the volunteer mm-hmm. opportunities to people. So now, let's turn this question almost around compared to what you normally are asking people. What qualifications are you looking for for somebody to be at Volunteer Prince George? Well, I'm pretty easygoing, pretty flexible. It depends on people's interests. Um, For example, like I had just mentioned, somebody to help me at events Mm -hmm. would be great. Um, People who are looking to get perhaps more experience with web organization Mm -hmm. or design for my website to help Mm -hmm. keep that going, I would welcome that. Um, Any kind of administrative duties, an assistant would be lovely (laughs) to have that to help me out with the day-to-day operations. That's also um, a call out for that. And um, basically someone who might be interested in, um, you know, maybe helping me with some volunteer coordination or looking to the future, I'm wanting to develop training and workshops that would be so helpful to have somebody to help me do some research and put packages together and work at workshops and that kind of thing. So right now, then it's basically you get volunteer a, you say, okay, your interests match up really well with organization a, yes. you say, okay, you put them in touch with organization a, but then it's kind of up to that organization to train them and everything in terms of what they need from their volunteers. Yes, definitely. And in specific to their mm-hmm. program, um, in or in, in our sense, we would be supporting them overall on how to, 
um, oversee volunteers and how to recruit and Mm -hmm. retain and reward. Um, The other thing I should mention before I forget, our board as well. We're also looking for volunteer board members. We would love to have um, more people on the board. So that's another area that can help our organization. So what are the responsibilities of the board members? Like, do you meet every second Tuesday? Do you meet three times a year? How does it work? Um, We meet every other month. Mm -hmm. And it's um, usually uh, in the middle of the month. And probably about every... Um, three to four, but no, I would say about every three months we would meet, maybe two months. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're just um, trying to organize that right now as well. But um, yeah, to um, to be on the board, and there's a little bit of a time commitment there to during our board meetings, yeah. and then to help support myself, the program manager. Mm-hmm. And the, so there's some time commitment around that. So I would say around mm, six, four to six hours a month. That's not bad. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, if the person wants to also volunteer with one of the organizations, you're not going to say, no, you can't because you're a board member. Oh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Some of our board members are very active in the community oh. and volunteering. I would think they would be because otherwise... Just let me say, why would they volunteer to be on the board of Volunteer Prince George if they're not volunteers? That's right. That's exactly right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So now, let's go over it one more time. You're at Canada Day with a little booth set up, hoping that the weather is not like it is out there right now. I'm really hoping. (laughs) Yes. And you're going to have all the information, every single piece of information people are ever going to need about volunteering. Yes. Okay, well, (laughs) depending on the size of the table. Yes, exactly. I'm mostly what I'm going to have on the table is volunteer opportunities. Mm -hmm. So people can come down and take a look if they're interested Mm -hmm. or even if, you know, they're kind of thinking about it and they just want to talk to me about what's involved, what's the commitment level, what um, kind of qualifications do you need? Then we can Mm -hmm. get into more of those specifics in person. Even though with some of the volunteer opportunities you've got, you may not know all the specifics yourself in terms of what qualifications they need. Exactly. But if it at least sounds like it might be a fit. Yes, yes. And I can make some recommendations. And Mm -hmm. if something looks interesting to them, then I have, I'm going to have posters of the different organizations that they can take that information with them. Are you going to have volunteer application forms there? Not spit well no. for some of them, I guess. Mm-hmm. I do have a few that they've given me. For example, the summer games, I will oh, have that. Salvation Army, I will mm-hmm. have that as well. Other ones, I'll have either email addresses or phone numbers that they can contact people. I'll have a general volunteer application if um, somebody is just kind of wanting to apply and then they can leave that with me and I can go over it and see where their best fit might Mm be. So now if people just want to get in touch with you, like they're saying, well, actually I'm going to be out at the lake on July 1st because it's a Friday and I'm going to take a long weekend. Exactly. (laughs) How can they get in touch with Volunteer Prince George to get information? Yes, definitely. You can call me Mm -hmm. and my phone number is 250-564-0224. And you can also email me at info at volunteerpg.com. Mm-hmm. And feel free to check out our website at volunteerpg.com. I, it's amazing how often the website 
and the email address kind of match. You yes, know? <laughs> that's true. <laughs> okay. Um, Maria Rossi, volunteer Prince George, thank you very much for coming in. And I'm sure we will be talking in the future. For sure. Thanks for having me. Okay. Amplify your organization with Vantage Points Advocacy 101. Learn how to create change when you don't have the resources or authority to make the change yourself. In this three-hour workshop, you'll clarify your advocacy goals, develop an advocacy strategy, and build confidence to engage your community in advocacy work. Registration and more details are available through the events calendar at vantagepoint.ca. The Vantage Points Advocacy 101 workshop, 9 till noon, Thursday, June 23rd, via Zoom. If you or someone you know has a schizophrenia spectrum disorder and are interested in taking a class or coursework working towards a GED, diploma, certificate, degree, or attending a trade school, reach out to the BC Schizophrenia Society today. The BCSS and the Utska Lundbeck Alliance offer scholarships for individuals living in BC with schizophrenia spectrum disorder. Full details are available through the Yes to Me scholarship program link under support at bcss.org. The BC Schizophrenia Society, a reason to hope and a means to cope. Looking for a fun pottery course? Check out Leanna Carlson's selection of workshops available this summer. Everything from creating your own gnome to working on the pottery wheel. Led by one of the top local potters who's been working in clay for more than 30 years. Registration and full details of classes, cost and availability are available through the classes link at carlsonpottery.com. Pottery workshops with Leanna Carlson available through July 5th at carlsonpottery.com. Amplify your organization with Vantage Points Advocacy 101. Learn how to create change when you don't have the resources or authority to make the change yourself. In this three-hour workshop, you'll clarify your advocacy goals, develop an advocacy strategy, and build confidence to engage your community in advocacy work. Registration and more details are available through the events calendar at vantagepoint.ca. The Vantage Points Advocacy 101 workshop, 9 till noon, Thursday, June 23rd, via Zoom. Featuring the people who make things happen in Prince George. You're listening to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. And turning our attention now to a, uh, a local artist who has an exhibition opening on Thursday, I believe? Thursday. Thursday at um, yep. Studio 2880. Right. So now, Wendy Bardock, I suppose we should let people know who you are. <laughs> Wendy Bardock, local artist. Is this your first show? No, it's not my first show. It's probably my first show at this level, but mm-hmm. I have shown many other times. Mm-hmm. Um, this community is very supportive of the arts, mm-hmm. and there's lots of shows. And I've also shown in Smithers at the Art Gallery there. Okay. So, yeah. so you've hit the road. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> now, the poster that we got shows um, the painting. It's a moment in nature, by the way, is the name of the show. Right. And... Does that basically describe what your works are? Is a moment in nature? Well, it's one of these things. I think everybody's hobby starts um, innocently enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it takes and off. Then, and yes. It, yes, exactly. And and I and my partner are very much outdoor people. And mm-hmm. we um, used to ride horses, take horses camping. Uh, and, and now those days are, are over, so we're canoeing. And we see rivers and, and lakes in this area or yes. all the way up to oh. Prince Rupert and back. And basically, I was a, a photographer, uh, just record shots, nothing really great. Yeah, and then, you know, I, I sit in front of a Mac on my desktop uh, and all these pictures kept coming up. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I think I'm going to try painting one. Okay. And that's where it all started. 
and and then of course this community here is mm-hmm. nothing but arts everywhere oh. you turn so here I am <laughs> my neighbors and I, th- I live in a neighborhood that has at least one artist per block <laughs> at least one yeah. either musicians or, or fiber art people mm-hmm. or whatever and and so of course they encouraged me to join the artist workshop which again was a huge community of very fine artists and uh, people like Keith Carlson when mm-hmm. he was in oh, town yes. and and he was a great inspiration and quite frankly my neighbors are uh, uh, Joy Cotter who's a far mm-hmm. fiber arts pe- uh, person and and uh, Jennifer Ferries who is a very fine mm-hmm. painter yeah. and people like that uh, Elizabeth Eakin and um, Mo Hamilton so this is you can't help but be surrounded and by people who are very helpful and so I took lessons and got information from people and because they're so generous and and then one thing leads to another, you know. And the next you, thing you know, you got an exhibition opening in yeah, 2018. You're yeah. going, how did this happen? And how did this happen? And I thought, did I sign up for this? But it's just, it just ended up, I thought, well, I've got, I mean, I do sell, but that mm-hmm. you do accumulate as well. Yes. And I thought, well, and I think, too, maybe it's a bit, maybe I'm being a bit presumptuous here, but educating people to get out mm. and see this is um, if you're down in the Okanagan you come to the community called Lakes District mm-hmm. Lakes District has five lakes Yes, Prince George has five lakes 15 miles anywhere you want to go yeah. it's, it's just that we have so many lakes that people may not be aware of and how easy they are to get to and how beautiful and how inspiring and and I find, too, especially with the kind of world we're in right now, mm-hmm. uh, the a bit of sadness with the illness and the wars and mm-hmm. and all these things that are going on that I find being out in the wild is uh, is needed by me and I'm quite sure a great many other people. Now, um, when you're doing your painting, so you're painting from the photograph. Mm-hmm. Do you paint directly from the photograph or do you sometimes make... Minor changes. Um, I think you do make minor mm-hmm. changes. Some, I mean, I'm not a terrific photographer. Mm-hmm. I always say I take record shots <laughs> uh, just to record right. what oh, it was yeah. there. Uh, I know that I've painted one that I, I set it in the autumn when, in fact, it wasn't when it was taken. Oh. <laughs> My goodness, you're lying to me. I, I know, I know. <laughs> but no. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. No. <laughs> but on the other hand, when we were at Uladazela Lake and all of a sudden a, a flock of pelicans rose up, oh. wow, I mean, you can't fake that. So no. it's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a lot of these things and it's, and, uh, and after a while I think, well, maybe I should have painted more. Maybe I should do, and then you keep thinking, oh, let's cool it, let's cool it. Yeah. <laughs> Have a sensible approach to this. So. Yeah. We've already got 14,000 paintings <laughs> in the house. Let's yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so, now, so, the yeah. question I always like to ask artists, whether mm-hmm. visual or musical, mm-hmm. how do you know when the work is finished? Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a tough one. I know. Uh, because, because many times, but actually I tend to, I leave it. Mm-hmm. And I leave it where I can see it, and I leave it where I'm walking by it all the time. 
And maybe as much as a week later, I'll look, I said, oh, my God, what did I do here? I forgot, or I, I should change this, or that's lopsided, or something. Mm-hmm. And so it takes a while before the painting is finished. Yeah. So. And then I guess the next trick is not to add that one extra stroke. Oh, yes, yes. And I, I've actually tried portraits of my horses, and oh. that is also a big mistake for me. I'm not a portrait person. <laughs> and I just, I'll just change this little thing, and all of a sudden it doesn't look at all like yeah. the poor horse at all. So. It looks more like a cow, and you're kind of going, okay, what did <laughs> yes. I do? And I would never show it to him because oh. he'd be insulted. So, yes. <laughs> No. So, so most of the paintings then, so people who have been around the area to mm. the different lakes and everything, mm there's a good chance they're going to recognize some of the scenery? Well, I think if, if for instance, I painted St. Marie Lake, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever been there, but what strikes me about the lake is the rock formations, okay. the amazing rock formations, and so that's what I've painted. And I think that it might strike other people that way too. But on the other hand, there's a, a painting I did of Robson River, and it depends on where you were standing at the time. Yeah. You know, so it's... Um, yeah. As they say, you you never step in the same river twice. Yes, because the river yes. changes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, when are you at the point now where, when you go out on your canoeing trips and stuff, you are looking maybe just a little bit more specifically? <laughs> oh yes, for getting yeah. a picture that yeah. will make a good piece of art. Yeah. And sometimes I've even said we have to go back to whatever because right. I know there's one spot there that is really appealing to me. Mm-hmm. So I know that, like, Eulatizella Lake, which I think some people call Graveyard Lake, mm. uh, we went out there the first time without a camera. Mm. And and that's when I saw the pelicans fly yeah. up. So we went back uh, a year later, and I thought, I don't even know what time of year it was that I took, yeah. uh, that I was out there the first time. But sure enough, there they were. And, uh, yeah. Have there been times where you've been out and you've gone to a lake and you've gotten a picture and you get back home, look at it on the computer and say, we need to go back there. I need to take this picture in the morning because the sun will be at a different angle and yes. the lighting will be better. Yes. And and I don't think I'm quite as, um, first of all, getting out there on a day when there actually was the sun and you're yes. getting there the long distance. I've never done that. No. But I think that it is possible to fake it. Mm, Okay. Okay, we won't get any more details. No more details on this. I mean, I have a whole collection of uh, cloud formation photos, Mm. which I've taken myself. So, you know, I can I can work it in. You can make whatever you can make the clouds look like whatever you want in the painting. Yes. Okay. Wendy Bartoluk again. um, A moment in nature opening. Uh, this Thursday, uh, I think it doors open at 5. Right, at uh, Studio 2880. Mm-hmm. And I noticed again on the poster, a unique opening show filled with forest ambiance. <laughs> That's Christina Watt. Oh. She, she's the, the creative person behind right. all these ideas. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. she. So, what. Mm-hmm. You're going to be there, obviously. Yes. And is the idea people can just come in, look at the paintings, and if um, they want to talk with you? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's going to be there for uh, probably two hours. Yep. And so I'll be there uh, I'll, to talk to people, mm-hmm. um, ask questions. And uh, and I think Christina has some unusual aspects dreamed up 
okay. to keep people's attention as well. Okay. And there's some food. Oh, that's always that, that, that we should have mentioned that first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wendy Bartluck, thank you very much for coming in and talking us about a moment in nature. Okay. Thank you, Alan. Okay. That'll do it for today's show. Kylie Lewis Holt is on tomorrow after nine. After 9 is a daily presentation of CFIS-FM. After 9 is produced by Alan Wishart, Echo Wiley, Trudy Clausen, and Rez Krebs. Executive producer is Reg Fair with technical assistance from Stephen Smith. Additional contributors include CBC News and the National Campus and Community Radio Association. Theme music is by The Ebbs. For a rebroadcast of today's program, check out the podcast link at cfisfm.ca. To provide feedback or suggestions for the show, please email cfisfm at yahoo.ca. You're listening to CFIS-FM Prince George, a not-for-profit community radio station broadcasting with 500 watts of power at 93.1 on the FM dial. CFIS-FM is owned and operated by the Prince George Community Radio Society.